not only consumers can enjoy Mexican food, but they also can, can learn more. And hopefully these two neighboring cultures, we do our little piece to bring them together. Welcome to the Startup CPG podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Freitag. Today, I'm thrilled to share a conversation with Miguel Leal, co-founder and CEO of Somos, a new brand bringing food from the heart of Mexico to your home. Miguel co-founded Somos alongside two former co-workers and Kind Snacks executives, Daniel Lubetsky and Rodrigo Zuloaga. With decades of food industry experience, most recently, Miguel previously spent two years as the chief marketing officer at Cholula, following his three years as the CMO of Kind. As you'll hear in the episode, I may have developed a slight obsession for Somos products after trying, and once you try the unusually thick and crunchy tortilla chips, you'll understand. Listen into this episode to hear Miguel share about the story behind Somos, building an authentic and clear brand identity, launching in thousands of retailers, including HEB, Kroger, and Sprouts, and supporting those launches with a digital strategy, the decision to launch with a large portfolio of SKUs in multiple categories, creating the Somos team, and more. Hi, Miguel. Welcome to the show today. So glad to have you here. How are you today? I'm great, Jesse. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Well, I am so excited. Your team was kind enough to send me a Somos kit prior to recording and my whole family and everyone that came over to our house was like, what is this beautifully packaged, brightly colored box of goodness? Can we try everything? And everyone was uh, obsessed. The unusually thick and crunchy tortilla chips were a favorite. And so there's so many amazing uh, skews that you have. So I'm so excited to dive into Somos and learn more because it's definitely become a fan favorite at our household. Thank you. You couldn't have given me a better compliment than that. I just, it makes my day every time that someone likes our product. The secret ingredient is love. I love that. Well, on that note, can you tell us a little bit about Somos? Yeah. So Somos is food from the heart of Mexico. And we're a brand of Mexican food. And our point of difference is that our products are authentic, convenient, and better for you. For us, authentic means grown in Mexico, cooked in Mexico, and we follow traditional Mexican cooking methods. Many of them, like the tortillas that you try, are not available in the U.S., so we want to bring that to the world. Convenient means that you can cook a complete meal in 10 minutes or less with minimum cleanup. There is a Mexican concept called sobremesa, where you maximize the time with your loved one during a meal. And finally, better for you. We really want to fight the conception that Mexican food has to be cheesy, heavy, or full of fat. All of our products are gluten-free, non-GMO, plant-based, and uh, they have clean ingredients and great nutrition. So we, we launch the products that we send you, a line of rice, beans, chips, salsas, and plant-based entrees. And you can mix them together to create a complete Mexican meal like I grew up eating in Mexico. Yeah, wow. And that, that definitely having the kit in the house, it was like transforming our house into a restaurant. Like I feel like at the store, there aren't always as I feel like I can't find a lot of times at the shelves. I can't replicate the flavors and tastes that I can find at maybe a local Mexican restaurant that's delicious. And and so this was like, oh my goodness, I can have like restaurant quality, authentic food in home, like in, in my home, it just transforms everything. It kind of creates this like party celebration uh, 
vibe, but also was ready in like just a couple minutes. And so I just, I think it's really incredible how all of what you just mentioned really came through when I received that that box in the mail. You know, it's funny that you say that because that was kind of where the idea of Somos came from. You know, I, I started this company with my two uh, Mexican-born co-founders, uh, Daniel, Rodrigo, and myself. The three of us were living in New York City, and we saw the change in Mexican cuisine that happened in restaurants. I like to say that uh, Chichis became Chipotle and Taco Bell became Tacos Numero Uno, but you know, from food cart to Michelin restaurant, just Mexican food became more authentic and delicious and closer to the food that we ate growing up. At the time, Daniel, Rodrigo, and I were all at Kind. Daniel is, of course, the founder of Kind. Rodrigo was the head of product and I was the head of marketing. And we just couldn't believe that all this change was happening in, in restaurants and on the shelf. It was a still, you know, can of beans and these, you know, yellow hard shells, uh, taco shells that don't even exist in Mexico. So that's that's really, you know, sometimes I feel like the best ideas come from your points of frustration. But it's it was exactly what you are talking about that that led us to where we are today. Wow. And what did those conversations look like? Because you, you've you had, you and Daniel and Rodrigo have so much success with Kind. You've had your own other successful adventures in your career. Is is this kind of what made you go, okay, you know what? I want to I wanna do another brand. I want to do another startup, build something from the ground up. Did, did it look like you all calling each other and being like, let's do this? Like, how did it really, you know, begin? Yeah, the idea had been around for a while and several times we wanted to jump in and do it and then i think a little bit was just timing you know like uh we felt that the opportunity for this on one side became bigger and bigger so to give you you know a point to to illustrate what i'm saying during the last couple of years mexican food became incredibly popular. It's always been popular, but it really accelerated in the pandemic. I think three out of four households cooked uh, using a Mexican ingredient or Mexican food uh, during the pandemic. So, you know, that's just, you know, 80 million households in the U.S. And on top of that, Mexican food surpassed Italian food as the number one ethnic food. Yet, you know, most of the food that you see on the shelves is really Calmex or Texmex. There wasn't really, you know, an, an, an authentic solution or culturally a food brand that we felt it represented us. And what I mean, you know, I find that in the U.S. there is often a blanket approach on what Mexican cuisine and Mexican culture is, when in reality, you know, Mexican food is extremely diverse. It's very regional. It has a lot of facets. So we, we felt both in the opportunity on the food, kind of like white space, but also in the idea that consumers just deserve better. And, uh, and you know, what better way to do it that with people that, that you've liked, that you've worked with and that have become friends? Yeah, that's amazing. That's so cool. And so interesting to hear the the statistics about 
about what was going on in the market as well. I'm also wondering about Somos has such a clear brand identity. And I know that that's something that you've really become a master at with your marketing background and your work at Kind. And so what did it look like to get to that really clear identity and and branding? How much timing or how much planning went on behind the scenes before launch? What does it look like to develop that identity? Yeah, actually, that is a, one of my favorite stories to tell. First of all, you know, I, I do have a lot of experience. I, I spent most of my career working in marketing and working with beautiful brands. You mentioned Kind, but, but also I have the benefit of having Daniel, Kind's founder, as my partner in this endeavor. And he is, you know, among other things, just, just a genius of connecting brands with mission. So, you know, specifically for Somos, it really started with the idea that we wanted to share the best of Mexico with the world. And the best of Mexico is the best recipes and the best ingredients, but also the best stories. You know, brands are really stories and there are a lot of great Mexican stories that haven't been told. So we started with the brand. Uh, you know, we, we had a list of names and Somos really caught our eye for, for a few reasons. You know, it's very easy to pronounce. I think on the mission side for Daniel, Somos literally means we are. And part of doing this endeavor was to bring cultures together. And for me, it's a brand that is very symmetrical. You know, it's written the same way forward as background. Uh, so I thought it would look very beautiful on the packaging. So once we settled on, on Somos, then came the art on the package. And that is really the story that, that I think you're reacting to. We fell in love with this form of art called alebrijes. It comes from the west part of Mexico and is a turn of the century modern art form. And it's beautiful. Uh, I think uh, another story that has used this form of art is the movie Coco. I don't know if, if you've seen it, but yeah. when, you look, when you look at those animals, you know, the beauty of Alebrijes is you bring different colors and different shapes together that when they get together, they create something even more beautiful, even though they are all different. And what a prettier way to communicate our mission of bringing cultures together than doing it with the packages. All these packages, you know, are made by hand. They are made by a Mexican artist. They are not made, you know, drawn in a computer. So they show a lot of care. And then even though they are all different, different colors, different shapes, when you put them together, they just look gorgeous, like the outside of the box that we sent you. And I think it, it's, it's a very graphic way of telling what the brand is about. Yeah. Wow. That's that's amazing to learn more about the background behind that. And yeah, it really is just such stunning packaging. So that's that's so cool. I'm wondering what if you have do you have any tips for founders that may be getting started? You know, they may be operating on a little bit smaller scale and they're trying to figure out their brand identity and how much time and money to invest in 
you know, developing that identity? Do they start somewhere and then iterate on it? Do they spend a lot of time planning? What tips do you have for someone just getting started to really create that identity that consumers can connect with? Yeah, we are in the early innings of Somos. We started the company last year. You know, uh, we had our first month of sales in in January of this year. But, uh, you know, what we are realizing is that Somos is resonating really well with consumers, with customers, and even with our partners and suppliers in Mexico. And, and, you know, what I'm learning from it is that the, the idea of brand design connected to our mission of bringing the best of Mexico to the world uh, is, is what really creates the magic. So to be more specific in my answer, you know, every time if we are bringing the best of Mexico with, to the world, every time that we work with Mexican artists and Mexican designers and Mexican typographers and Mexican photographers. It it really creates, you know, that connection to the mission, uh, something very special because I feel they they also want to share their craft and they also want to share through our brand the best of Mexico. And, and I think that has been a lot of our success. If I were to do it again, I think I would I would continue to follow that path because it has, you know, surprised us in a kind of magnificent way. Yeah, I love that authenticity being at the root of everything. And I think you you've mentioned about your supply chain and manufacturing that all of your sourcing and all of the the manufacturing and product creation is also all happening in Mexico. Yes, uh, and it's the same as the packaging, you know, for us to to really bring that authenticity and to you know, CPG as a community and CPG as an endeavor is, you know, a great exercise in team building. You know, no one can, can do this by themselves. And we think, you know, our, our mission and our position really gives us an edge when we are bringing these recipes and these products uh, from Mexico, because people want to share that, you know, these uh, stories, these recipes, these cooking methods really haven't haven't been told. And uh, and that is what uh, we feel, you know, everything in, in our supply chain, just we get, you know, better quality ingredients, we get, you know, closer sourcing to, to where we do our cooking of the products and uh, all of those points of quality when you are making food really, really add up and create something special. Wow. Were, was it difficult to get all of that set up, getting your the supply chain and making all the connections? Were you able to call on you know, connections from the past or people people that you already knew? Or was it a lot of looking into new options for manufacturing or making new connections? You know, that is a great question. Nothing was as I expected. I think some things were a lot harder than I estimated them, and some things were a lot easier. Let me give you a couple of examples just to, to let you know what I mean. Uh, on the things that were harder were the certifications. You know, like I mentioned earlier, we are we want to fight this conception that Mexican food has to be heavy or has to be 
cheesy. So we were looking for our products to be gluten-free and non-GMO and plant-based. And a lot of the products, that, you know, the rice that we were talking about, uh, rice is gluten-free. But in Mexico, we had a really hard time. We basically had to start for, from scratch a gluten-free supply chain because a lot of the products can get contaminated in transit, even if they don't have gluten at origin. So just, you know, getting everybody to believe on the mission that we were doing and creating it, in a lot of ways, we felt like we had to create everything from scratch. On the other side, you know, uh, bringing in manufacturing partners and growers and suppliers into the project, I would say that was a lot easier than than I thought. I think part of it was your point on previous relationships. The three of us grew up in Mexico. So, you know, we were, you know, very easy to, to talk to. And obviously, because of a lot of the success with KIND, you know, uh, I think, you know, the, the word was out there on our team. But the other piece was creating this uh, beautiful brand that brings the best of Mexico to the world, I felt was something that our suppliers also wanted to see in the market. They wanted Mexico to be portrayed in a better way, whether it is in the international aisle or the Tex-Mex aisle or at the supermarket. And and again, you know, nothing was like I expected, but there were definitely a lot of surprises in, in developing that. That's really interesting. In on a in a similar vein, when you've you started companies early in your career and then now launching a company during a, a pandemic in a kind of totally different world, what else has been have you found that's been different than when you've built brands in the past? Has has have big things changed? Yes. I actually, my first job out of graduate school, I was an entrepreneur. I started a company called Select Product Group, which made packaging for food. And we grew that business from zero to 100 million before selling it to Georgia Pacific. And that was an incredibly fulfilling experience for me. And, you know, here I am, I want to say, 16, 18 years later, doing the same thing again. So I think, you know, I was able to to have a lot of food experience with big companies in the meantime, like Pepsi and Danone, but also with fast growing brands like Kettle Chips, Kind and Cholula. And, uh, and then I'm doing this again, right, a couple of decades later. And I'll tell you, in a lot of ways, it's very similar, but in a lot of ways, it's very different. It is different because I believe the environment for starting a new company has a lot more resources now than it had before, whether it is, you know, recruiting using technology, whether it is, you know, getting a loan, doing legal documents. I think there is just really good infrastructure for starting a new business and a beautiful food CPG community. I, I lean in a lot on fellow founders that, uh, that have done this before and, and, you know, everyone takes the call and everybody has been so generous with advice. But on the other side, 
you know, the basics of starting a company, you know, making the right decisions on talent, never compromising on quality, building for the long term and not building brands for a quote unquote exit. I think those principles are universal and still apply. So, so you know, some I've, I've been able to to use a lot of my learnings. I think you know now, uh, Jesse. I feel like I was born to do this job. I feel like every experience that I had got me to to do Somos, and is what I am meant to be doing. But it would have been very hard for me to see it at the beginning of the journey. Right. Yeah. I love the the humility and the just. You seem like a, a someone who's committed to continually learning and very community focused. I could see, you know, you've had you've had a lot of success and done a lot of things. And, you know, some people could be like, well, I, you know, I know it all. I'm I'm good to go. But every and I've listened to other interviews with you. You just you bring such a humility and a, like you want to learn. And I just think I think that's really cool. Even talking about your your first s- startup right out of out of school. I when I listened to the other interview and you were like, oh, I, you know, I grew it to a hundred million dollars. And I was like, oh, my goodness, like this is you know, we're talking about someone who's really, really successful. So I just think that's so cool to hear that come through in your story and to see what you're doing at Somos really feel like, you know, everything's been building toward this. That's just incredible. Yeah. No, thank you for saying that. I I, I think it's just a beautiful compliment. And I am very lucky because my two co-founders, Daniel and Rodrigo, you know, are really the epitome of humility. So if I ever get out of line on that, you know, they 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 always remind me of it. And they are just, you know, that is exactly the culture that we want to create here. And uh, I think we are all in service to the brand. So it doesn't matter, you know, who is right or who has the best idea or where does it come from. You know, hopefully the brand would outlive all of us and outlive our egos. And uh, and that is, you know, the spirit that uh, on how we want to work together. Yeah, that's that's great. And I want to read. I want to talk a little bit more about the team in a minute. But before we do that, I also wanted to touch on the fact that you have a lot of SKUs as part of Somos's launch and. Uh, and I wanted to hear more about the decision to, you know, start with a lot of SKUs. You all have a large, you know, you have, you're bringing more experience to the table. A lot of brands are, you know, they're starting with one or two SKUs. This is a big launch with, you know, you're sitting in maybe lots of different parts of the grocery store. I'd love to hear more about, you know, your thinking behind, all right, we're really going to launch in a lot of different categories and areas when we do this. Yeah, no. And, um, you know, some things you do by design and then some things, you know, I think you're just lucky the way that things, you know, run out. And uh, and I try to interpret that luck that we are doing what we are supposed to be doing. In the case of the SKUs, we really, when we started the company, uh, you know, a year, year and a half ago, we really wanted to create a direct-to-consumer brand first. And what that meant was that in order to be able to prepare chilaquiles or tacos 
or nachos or tostadas, we needed to have the different ingredients that go with it. So you can receive a box like you did and, you know, create a meal, you know, for you or for your family in a short time and then, you know, enjoy each other's. Uh, by the time that we ended up bringing the product to market, really a lot changed and our business very quickly became a retail business. I think retail really exceeded our expectations. We were very lucky that a year later, you know, the pandemic had ended and retailers were really hungry for innovation and Expo restarted. And we just had, I would say, a lot of things all of a sudden go our way. And I wouldn't have designed, I think, you know, from the get-go to have as many SKUs as we do. But what that has done for us is that it has created a really nice create-your-own-menu for our retail partners. So we are in month four, going into month five of launching in retail, and we are going to be in close to 4,000 stores with a couple of big national launches. And it is because, you know, if, if there is a retailer that has a gap in uh, snacks and salsas, we have a solution for that. A lot of our partners really love this idea of bringing authenticity and growing basket into, you know, the Mexican food set. And there have been a couple that have given us the chance of creating a, a brand block with most of our products where people can come and consumers can come in and mix and match and create their own, you know, recipes of, of bowls and tacos and, the, you know, no right way to cook somos. So what I think, you know, at one point, you know, might have been a, a pivot and a change of plan. And then maybe something that really surprised us. It ended up being a huge blessing for us. And uh, and we are just, you know, very happy to be able to to partner, you know, with great retailers and, and, and offer them a customized solution to, to fit their priorities. Yeah. Wow. That's that's really interesting. And you mentioned this a little bit before we started recording, but because sometimes the the brand is sitting in different areas, what does it look like to manage the different like reset calendars for, you know, selfishly, I want to see the tortilla chips in the, st <laughs> in, in the store. And then you've got other items. So are, is it going to, you know, will the, there be kind of a rolling schedule of when when certain products are cert hitting certain retailers with the different SKUs? Yes, yes. Uh, so, you know, going back, uh, you know, a little bit to our earlier conversation. So we have this three or, or, or four kind of like categories. I would say that that one of them is, you know, rice, beans, and antres. They tend to be together or close by in the store. And then the other one being our tortilla chips uh, or unusually thick and crunchy tortilla chips. And then the last one being our salsas. Those last two sometimes are connected and sometimes are not connected. Because of the, you know, innovation that we are bringing in our salsas, these, you know, authentic cooking processes, in the case of salsa, uh, is the tatemado process, which is an old, you know, Mexican cooking method where you combine and fire roast the vegetables with the tomatoes together, ending up in a really thick, 
and uh, and delicious, you know, salsa. Salsa, I felt, you know, was our early success going into distribution and going into the stores. And then, you know, when, when we were at Expo, uh, tortilla chips, uh, your favorite, was really the one that got the most attention. I mean, we would have meetings with buyers and then they would come the next day and bring, you know, their friends or other people <laughs> in the industry to try the tortilla chips. Those, those tortilla chips use... Uh, nixtamalization process, that it's an old Aztec uh, process of uh, soaking the corn overnight to bring out the flavor and the nutrients of the corn. And we couldn't find anything like it in, in the shelves here. And those resets don't happen until later in the year. So, you know, the number one calls that I get is, where can I get your tortilla chips? And And, you know, the reality is, those are probably one of our, you know, favorite products. And it's the one that have least distribution because of the different reset calendar that, that you brought up. So so hopefully, you know, by, by Q3, we get those products at par with the rest of our line and, uh, and you know, consumers can access them easier. In the meantime, uh, for your listeners, eatsomos.com and, you know, all of our products are available there. Great. Yeah, and that's interesting you mentioned the salsas too as well, the the process behind there because that was I have to say like I see salsa in a jar and unfortunately my expectations like are not necessarily very high, but I was like, you know, I want to try this and I pop open the jar of salsa and my husband and I like ate the whole jar that day. We were like, this is the best salsa in a jar we've ever had. Like I I feel like I like need to be a brand ambassador after <laughs> Uh, after uh, you know how much I've enjoyed the the product, but yeah, seriously, the the salsa was just like, oh, this is unlike any other packaged salsa you will find at the store, just hands down. You know, that's our number one comment on our salsas. I mean, qualitative and quantitatively, when we try to grab all of our reviews together and do social listening, uh, the number one feedback we get from consumers. They say this salsa feels more like it came from a blender than it came from a jar. And, uh, mm -hmm. and, and I think it's just such a wonderful compliment. And, and that is really the secret. You know, I love to do this when I go to customer meetings. I, I just go to the store before the meeting and I buy a few salsas that are on the shelf. And then I, I go to with the retailer and I dump them on a plate. And what you are going to see is that the because of the tatemado process that I mentioned earlier, our salsa doesn't separate, doesn't separate the liquid from the solids. All of it is, you know, delicious, you, you know, roasted tomatillos and peppers and seasoning all together, you know, cooked at the same time in pulp. And what happens is, when your salsa separates, like, like the one I described, then, you know, the water gets into your tortilla or on your chips or on your rice, making them soggy. And what we want is all those flavors to be together in every chip, in every taco, in every bowl and, and in every bite. And I think that's, you know, a lot of it is the taste but I feel a lot of it is the texture as well and, and, and having that care 
or obsession with quality that we have. Yeah, interesting. I hadn't thought about the the separation piece, but yeah, most most of the time, it's so irritating when that happens. It's such a bummer. Your tortilla or your nachos get all soggy because you ended up just pouring a bunch of moisture out and not actually getting any salsa. So that's so interesting. You have a different process. Wow. I'm also wondering. So you mentioned launching in you know thousands of store this stores this year. That's a obviously a really big roll out, you're trying to drive people to taste products for the first time. So how does your online website D2C presence interact with supporting the retail launches? And, you know, what does that look like to to really make, what are you planning to do to kind of help make sure that all these retail launches coming up are going to, you know, sell through successfully and get the word out to the consumer? Yeah, well, the answer is a lot in in all of our conversations. That is the number one KPI. You know, we have these wonderful retail partners that trust us, you know, from from before that love the Somos story that are giving us, you know, their most priced asset, which is real estate on their shelves. And our commitment to them is that we are going to invest in getting consumers to try the product. Because we know, like you did, when consumers try our product, it's unlike anything you know, they've ever had before and they love the product and they love the story. So I'm going to start with your first question, which is the connection of the website to the retail. And, you know, I I don't want to give away all of our secrets on this call, but uh, that is our number one marketing engine. So we leverage first party data to connect with areas of distribution of our product in retail. And in in big terms, the way that it works is you would buy a product from our website and we are able to see which stores and which products we have in distribution in your zip code. And then we are able to make a connection between you and those products. And our idea is that you would have a taco night with your family, or you would venture into cooking chilaquiles for the first time, and you will fall in love with our chips or with our salsa, or like your husband did with one of our rices, and that becomes your favorite. And now we are able to connect you from that experience to the store that has it and help you you know, you know, with your first purchase, with a coupon, with a way, with a recipe, with information about the product in a way that you go from an item that you like to your favorite item, but that we also convert you into a a brick and mortar consumer as well. Interesting. Will you be doing in-store sampling as well? Yes. Some of our categories lend themselves better to in-store sampling than others. So, you know, for many years, we have the experience that kind number one driver of marketing mix was in-store sampling. So for our salsas and our chips, you know, which are immediate snacking consumption items, that is, you know, very easy to do. And I think, you know, we'll see great return on investment on that. On other of our products, you know, on our rices and our beans, they require uh, warming up. You know, they come pre-cooked in the envelope. They take 90 seconds to be ready in the microwave. So that one is just requires a little bit more complexity. And for that, you know, we feel 
you know, sampling in the form of couponing and offers and partnerships in store are going to give us uh, a bigger bank for our buck. But again, we're in the early stages, you know, maybe, you know, by by later this year when we reconnect, I, uh, things go differently than we think. Right. Yeah. I'm also wondering... You know, kind of circling back to to the team conversation, as we talked about a little bit before, we're actually doing a series right now at Startup CPG on first hires and, you know, when are you ready for certain types of hires and who do you hire first? And so I'm wondering for you, as Somos, for you, Daniel and Rodrigo, like who are the, you know, were there people that you were like, all right, we're doing this. I got to call this person first, you know, like we got to build out marketing first or is it operations first? How did you think about building how are you thinking about building out the team and, you know, what does the team look like at this moment in time? Yeah. So we were very fortunate. You know, I I think, you know, one of my favorite parts and maybe one of the most rewarding parts of this journey have been reuniting with Daniel and Rodrigo. You know, I, I, I would have probably started a business just to hang out and continue to learn from the two of them. And building the team was, you know, also very surprising. We did not plan it this way, but uh, we were able to bring together different team members, especially at the beginning, from different chapters of my career, from from Kind, from Cholula, that uh, I had just tremendous trust and, and admiration for. And and then after that, you know, we that was very important for us at the beginning because all of us had worked together before and being remote in the middle of the pandemic, working cross-functionally, across different countries. I think that that trust and that culture that we all have in the early stage of our business, pre-revenue, was critical to our success. The next chapter was to just increase the diversity of experience, of background, and and, and of thought. People that would complement that team, but they would share our values. So a big value of Somos is ownership. Like with Kind, every team member is part owner of the business. And, you know, we expect a lot from that culture of ownership in everything that that we do. So I think, you know, we had just been incredibly blessed, you know, in, in those, you know, couple couple of char- chapters kind of like where we are of having been able to found the founding team of the company and now being able to bring people with such different diversity of experience, of thought, even of industry that have made, you know, so much, so much better. We had our first offsite last week and we, we was the first time that all of us came together. And it was incredible, you know, just that diversity, you know, I, I left just feeling great about the brand and great about the future of Somos, you know, just just seeing um, how much people love the brand and, and how different thoughts they bring to the table. Wow, that's incredible to have finally get everybody together in person uh, just last week. Wow. How often do you plan to to do something like that and get everybody together? You know, as you know, all of this is a moving target. 
right? Because, you know, we thought we were done with the pandemic and now it seems to be restarting again. I just feel everywhere that I go, you know, it's it's flaring up. But, you know, I think the concept that we've been sharing is to maybe do it two, three times a year in, in different ways. You know, uh, you know, I think going to different to, to do a market visit, you know, to be close to the consumer and to the customer is important. I think, you know, bringing people to the office so we're all together here is important as well. But I also think because we have many people from many different cultures and backgrounds and somos, bringing everybody to Mexico is also very important to see not only how our products are made, but also the culture that we are representing. So, you know, that is conceptually the way that we are thinking about it. But, you know, like I said before, you know, a, a lot of moving targets as we go, quote unquote, back to normal, right? Right. Yeah. And like like you said, you're in the, the early innings of Somos and you seem very flexible to adjusting with with what comes down the road and pivoting as needed and, and just, you know, going going with the flow a little bit. And uh, I think that 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 seems like a really important perspective as you've approached this this new venture to have that that flexibility. Yeah, I think if you are paying attention most of the time, life and your God are telling you which way to go. <laughs> so, so yeah, no, I, you know, the moment you finish a plan is the moment that is wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. So for for people to to, you know, find Somos. We mentioned they can go to eatsomos.com, which I definitely recommend. I also recommend following on Instagram. The Eat Somos page will make you very hungry, but is also great to follow. You know, you mentioned stores this year. Where should people be, you know, what store should they be looking out for Somos later this year, if you can share? Yeah, so we are in uh, Sprouts. We are in Meyer. We are in Select Kroger Banners. Uh, starting next month, we're going to be in all of HEBs and all of Albertsons nationally. And uh, you can always find our products at itsomos.com, on Amazon, and we are launching a store locator next month. So now you'll be able to input your zip code and see which products are available uh, where you live as well. Awesome. That's great. Is there anything else you wanted to share with us, either about Somos or any any parting thoughts before we wrap up today? No, not really. I, you know, I think, you know, the, the biggest piece for us next is on one side to continue to obsess perfecting our foods, you know, I think, you know, all of our recipes, you know, can always get better and we're getting, you know, great feedback from consumers, uh, 98% positive, but, you know, we can always, uh, you know, continue to do things better. And then the other piece is continue to build the team, build the business, build the brand and, you know, broaden, you know, hopefully our portfolio, continue to grow the business. So it also broadens people's understanding, consumers' understanding of Mexican cuisine and culture. So not only consumers can enjoy Mexican food, but they also can, can learn more. And hopefully these two neighboring cultures, we do our little piece to bring them together. Wonderful. Yeah, that's a great, great note to end on. Well, this has been 
This has been wonderful, Miguel. I so appreciate you sharing. And it's just been so fascinating to learn about the development of Somos. And I'm so excited to continue to follow the growth and keep my little uh, corner of the pantry carved out probably permanently for some, some Somos products. So yeah, this has been great. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Jesse. It's my pleasure. And thank you so much for the support of Somos. Thanks for joining us. This Startup CPG podcast is executive produced by me, Jesse Freitag. Theme music is by the Super Fantastics. We'd love to have you join our community of founders and experts. Get the invite at startupcpg.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening right now. It's the easiest way to help us grow our community. See you next time.